through all the uh, NAFOMs and all the trade shows and SPSI, everyone always laughed when I was younger in the industry. Oh, you're in. You're never getting out. I'm like, that can't be true. Right? Like, what is this? What is this thing everyone keeps saying? Hi, welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week is a younger member of FCSI who's just recently returned to the food service consulting industry. He's known as a BIM leader and an up-and-coming FCSI volunteer. Please welcome Project Manager and Designer at Camacho Associates, Mr. Robert Shibley. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited for this. Um, you know, we've known each other for a little bit here now, but I don't know if we've ever really gotten a chance to sit down and talk uh, one-on-one. So I know I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better, and I'm sure the audience will be too. Um, uh, you know, we get started every year or every season, I should say, with the same question, and that is, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got your start in the food service industry, and then what led you to... Um, becoming a food service consultant. And I know that, as I mentioned in the intro, you, you kind of left it for a little bit and now you're back. So we can touch on that a little bit later too, but um, basically how you got your start and, and what made you decide to become a food service consultant. Sure. So right out of high school, I had an opportunity to work for SSA as a MEP uh, designer doing rough in drawings. And back then before Bluebeam ages, we used to have to hand stamp and hand copy notes from shop drawings. So that was my job was to copy notes from other project managers in the in the firm and make seven copies, seven hard paper copies to, <laughs> um, to mail back out to, um, to all the team members that needed them. So really just stamping and redoing that work really got me so excited about learning more about the industry. And, and as my career continued to progress within the firm, I learned more and more about what I wanted to do with my career. And I found that college was really the next step. So after being with the firm for a few years, went back to get my bachelor's in management information systems, uh, focusing on business technology and database systems. Um, after earning that degree, and through a, uh, a few interesting um, internships, let's say, through construction and things of that nature, publics and all of those opportunities. Um, and after rejoining SSA, just continue to develop my skills within the industry. Of course, it's a relationship business. So you develop those tight knit relationships with all your your partners that it takes to make this thing go around. So yeah. um, that just that just moved me forward and pushed me to grow and learn more from all the senior designers and senior project managers and our, our internal engineers that we had with the firm and, you know, started developing those skills. And, and then when um, BIM came along, right, with Revit, roughly yeah. 2011 or so, um, we jumped right into that. And I literally opened a book and said, okay, well, I'm going to learn Revit. I'm going to open it on one screen and we're going to open the book and that's how I did it, right? Our original intent was to make Revit work like CAD. Let's make this new thing work like our old thing. Well, yeah. that worked for a while. <laughs> then you learn the new thing works like the new thing. So um, <laughs> that just snowballed and created this this huge opportunity to advance the entire, um, you know, the entire industry really uh, to revamp how yeah. we see things and how we look. Yeah. 
I, I, I like that uh, saying, the new thing becomes the new thing. You're exactly right. <laughs> there are times when the new thing, you think you can try to replicate something and you can't. It's just something new, and it is. Um, so then you you less, left SSA, uh, kind of left the, the, not the industry by any means, but left that to, and got a little bit different type of experience, and now you're back at Camacho. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yes. Sure. So um, it was time for our family to leave Tampa, right? We had a growing family, one um, with one on the way, and it was time to um, see what else the world had for us to offer. So um, we did, and I had an opportunity to join a rep firm, uh, Eaton Marketing, and uh, became the North Florida Territory Sales Rep. So we moved to South Georgia, uh, where we've always wanted to, to live on a little bit of land. And nice. um, that was my opportunity to move. So we moved our family. Uh, funny, kind of funny story. We moved into a camper with my wife being nine months pregnant. So that was <laughs> definitely an exciting time. She still hates me for that, but uh, we got through it. And uh, and the the career kept going. Um, you know, the the rep world requires a lot of travel, of course, to take care of all the customers yeah. that we needed. And and I just found myself being away from the house a lot more than, than I needed to be, um, being more focused on the family and, and letting the career be the sacrifice in my life. Um, yeah. So, so that really led to me to say, okay, well, how do I come home? How, how, how am I home more? So obviously there's limited opportunity in our small town, and there was one larger company that happened to be electrical contractors. And the electrical contractors needed a project manager through a couple of mutual friends, had an interview and got the opportunity to work for them. So now I was local and I had a good project management position. And funny thing, food service won't let me go, right? Because even as an industrial electrician, we are working at a meat uh, processing facility, installing conveyor belts and packing machines and things of that nature. So even throughout my um my term with the uh, with the electrical contractors i was still in in food service and in the data it was on my mind and and that got me excited i actually had an opportunity to uh have my own uh project on the side as a consultant um through that and that really just made me confirm my own thoughts of i need to get back into consulting uh consulting yeah. is my passion design is my passion how do i how do I get back in? Yeah. And then obviously Camacho had an opening and came in and now you're working for James and his company. So yes, it sir. all works yes, around. Sir. And it's funny how people try to leave the industry and then so many people that work within the FCSI family or even in the food service industry as a whole, it's amazing how many people try to get out and then they end up back in it as well. I think it's because <laughs> one, it's a very vast industry. It's There's so much to do within the industry. So you can have, six different jobs within the food service industry and none of them are like the other. So it's okay. a, and, and it, it usually, a, usually it's a fun gig in the industry it, as well. It is. And, you know, throughout all the F or through all the uh, NAFOMs and all the trade shows and FCSI, everyone always laughed when I was younger in the industry. Oh, you're in, you're never getting out. I'm like, that can't <laughs> be true. Right. Like, what is this? What is this thing? Everyone keeps saying, and here you go. You know, it, it does, right. It's those, yeah. It just brings you in the relationships and the knowledge and the, you know, yeah. that, that niche of the industry just, just pulls you back in. And of course, yeah. all the fun we get to have together um, yep. is definitely a benefit. So I agree. I agree. So 
when you're designing something from scratch, and I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When you're, what's your method of madness when it comes to working? Are you straight into Revit now and start from scratch in there, or do you sketch something out on paper and then start to build it, or are you still in AutoCAD, or how do you get? We know that the end unit is going to be Revit, but where where do you start at? Does it start there and end there, or did you start somewhere else still? Personally, I typically start in Revit um, just okay. with my speed of using the software. It's easy for me yeah. to make modification. There's design options that you can have multiple things in one design. Um, that's not always the case, though, right? Sometimes we still yeah. have sketch paper, right? We print it out, and, and we're mm-hmm. sketching to get the concept. Sometimes you can't feel what the project needs to be without going back to handwriting. Um, you know, certain certain projects deem different um, yeah. different approaches for sure. But I would say the go-to for myself would be would be Revit platform. There's also okay. um, a software called Format that you can integrate into Revit, but it's just more of a spatial and blocking. Uh, in the design, okay. so you can get a conceptual design and then import that right into Revit and, and start designing. Nice. Um, who, or maybe there's more than one even, so I don't want to put you on this tight of a spot, but who's been your greatest influence so far in your young career? Yeah, I really can't name one person, to be honest with you. They're all different yeah. for different reasons. Um, yeah. Obviously, Ken Schwartz um, giving me a start and just his creativity and knowledge in getting kicked off has been amazing, um, right? Yeah. SSA was my home base uh, to start. So Howard Stanford yeah. and David Hensel, uh, between those three, um, there was nothing really that we couldn't figure out. And I just learned yeah. um, so much. I feel like my ladder didn't have any middle steps in it. I really feel like <laughs> I started at the bottom and I was just right up there at the top yeah. of it. I agree. I agree. And, uh, they, they, you know, I know you're not with them, but they still, uh, speak your praises all the time. And, and it's good to know, we, we at least know who to blame for getting you started in the food service industry. <laughs> um, those three individuals as well are, are easy to blame for saying that got you, got you your start young and then you try to get out and you're back in. So That's for the right. rest of your life, you still have Ken Howard and, and David to blame. So yes, sir. Yeah, and now, yeah, and now, of course, James and Brett, right? We're we're learning that yeah, yeah. new that that new uh, curve, right? From their experience and time in right. the industry, it's it's so exciting to to be learning from them now and and progressing. Well, that was going to be my question. Is so you you, you know SSA is a, a fairly large size firm, Camacho's very similar size. Um, you know, how has it been as far as adjusting to? doing it the SSA way to now doing it the Camacho way is, is it, has it been a, a large learning curve or do you find that a lot of it's still the same, just, you know, little nuances here and there, the way that management style might be or a certain way they design, or maybe even it's about the projects you work on on the majority of the time. Yeah. So it's funny that I think across all consultants, we all have so much in common, but yet there's so much different, right? Um, It is completely the same and it's completely different at the (laughs) same time um, from, from projects to, um, to management styles and things of that nature. Um, But they definitely grow on each other, right? There's, there's a lot of things that each do the same. And really I focus on those and saying, okay, these are the combining factors this must be the ticket to, you know, to success here. So let's take those yeah. and grow on those, those factors. Nice. 
you know, so you, you're, you're a younger guy. You've been involved in the technology side from the day you walked in the door at SSA, essentially. Um, even if it just, even if it was stamping stuff, you still had to know the technology <laughs> side of things. That's right. How, how is the tech side of consulting for food service consulting, especially has, how has it changed over the past, we'll say three to five years? Cause two years isn't quite enough anymore with the COVID stuff. We kind of lost a little bit, but over the last three to five years, how has it changed? And then also kind of let you put on your Nostradamus hat and predict a little bit about where you see it going in the next three to five years. So a little bit of back, a little bit of forward. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, and to go back a little bit further, right. Howard and I always have this conversation, right. Because of his history from before computers, right. To, to now. So yeah. seeing the AutoCAD um, era, not fade out, right. There's some architects uh, that still utilize it. And it's a great tool for, for what it's needed for. Um, but right. Revit has definitely taken over the industry uh for sure uh there's been so many advancements in the technology there's a new release every year so from yeah. you know 2011 revit to 2023 revit there's so many advancements uh for us in food service and we actually have a food service equipment category now right. um you know which is a big deal because that took a lot of effort yeah. for for autodesk a big software company to understand our needs um, yeah. So I, I really think that we're going to continue to grow and develop in the software, right? The VR is is the up and coming, right? We as we saw at the symposium, yeah. I, that's really the next step. Like when when Revit hit the market, the 3D views and client reviews with 3D that was the game changer, right? You could now right. not only see in 2D, now you're going to see your design live in 3D. The clients right. can understand better. You understand better. There's less, um, oh, I didn't want that in the design after it's installed. Right. It's okay, we understand yeah. it. That's what we wanted. Great. So um, the VR, right, it's going to keep advancing. Right now, it's a, it's not as complicated. I think the biggest jump in the last three to five years has been that aspect of it. Revit is always yep. going to be developing um, but the VR, the, the ease of it, right? The, the technology from the goggles. Now they're, they're, um, less expensive to where you can preload right. a file and send it out to a client. I mean, what kind of customer service can our consultants right. provide that you're sending all your designs out in a pair of goggles that's 3D? That's, that just it amazes me and excites us about what, yeah. what is next. So. If we have that technology available now, and of course, all the rendering tools and, uh, tools right. that were available to us um it's, it's really exciting now in in the future in the future really uh revit's going to be around for a while but there's always going to be that next task right there's right. from the drafting board then autocad then revit i, I think in the future there's going to be something else besides revit um revit's not only 3d modeling it's building information modeling so all your information right. for that project is housed in the model and I think more and more that's going to be important and uh, be utilized by the industry because we kind of adjust to the architectural and engineering world as software develops. If they start off in something right. new, then we're all going to have to jump into that new thing and, and figure it out. Yeah. I think the only thing we have to do now is we have to figure out with the 3D goggles and with, with gloves that will come out as well how to create a software that allows Howard and James and them to go back and just redraw stuff with using the VR goggles. 
because then they can yeah. feel like they got back to where they're drawing on paper uh, to feel comfortable how old they are. And now that they can be- actually draw it in <laughs> VR. <laughs> yeah, that would be really awesome. I think, I think that's in the future. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, well, from, for- from the rep side too, I know, I know the reps <laughs> are working a lot with the manufacturers to have those visual aid tools um, to be able yeah. to drag and drop almost piecemeal equipment to where right. almost the end users can, can put things together. So. Yeah. Yeah. With Howard, we might actually have to go back to the rocks and stone <laughs> drawings too. I don't know. He's a little bit older than James, I believe anyway. So may have to even make it a little bit further. So anyway, yeah, little, little, little fun at their expense. Um, <laughs> what, what is one thing about Robert that no one would ever guess, whether it's a, a hobby or an interest or something like that? What is something that nobody, if they, if they just got to know you or something would never guess about you? Uh, we own our own farm business. Uh, we are getting into beef production and sell chicken wow. eggs and getting into farming. Farming means a lot to us. Uh, rodeo means a lot to us. So we're um, kind of develop our lives around, around those things. Nice. Um, well, you're, you're a younger person. So I really want to hear what your opinion is on this as well. Cause I, I've been asking everybody this in season five and that is, What's one piece of advice you give to anyone thinking of becoming a food service consultant, regardless whether they're straight out of college, in your case in high school, which is unheard of a lot of times, but somebody coming out of college or maybe even somebody that's been in industry for 10, 15 years and now looking to do a career change. What's one piece of advice you give to somebody thinking of becoming a consultant? Be patient, Um, be confident and be patient, right? It takes at least five years to truly understand what you're doing. Um, There's so many different aspects to the consulting world. Come in knowing one piece of that. Either know what equipment is, know the software, or know something from the construction side or engineering side. Um, That would be the best thing to know one of those legs to to learn and grow the others. So as a younger member of FCSI and somebody that's been around for a few years now, um, what is something that FCSI can do or what are some things that FCSI can do better to service our younger members within the association? Yeah, so I'm really excited by this question, right? Um, it, we really need the younger generation to, to get into the industry and to learn. So myself, you know, right at 40 and under 40, right about the 40 age, right? I really see like we're the we're the next generation up and coming. So it's our duty to bridge the gap between the brand new and the experienced. So it, it's really critical to us that, that we get in front of some younger people and grow our age group and our age range experience range within the within FCSI and within the consulting world, because we need the time to grow these um, up and coming consultants. So when we're the old and outgoing uh, consultants, right? We have this younger generation that can be confident yeah. in themselves. So I think it's actually really critical our age group to the world, to the consulting world right now, that we bridge that gap. I, I completely agree, and and, and I, I'm seeing it myself because I've been around now. I've, I've been executive director for 13 years now, and um, I, I'm seeing the generation of of your ages now which were the around the 40 year olds, 35 to 45, roughly Mm -hmm. they're all getting in the leadership roles now. So the board committee leaders, um, things of that nature, uh, 
they're the ones that are in the leadership now. Whereas, you know, when I first started, it was the group that is the Howards of the world. Well, actually mm-hmm. Howard was their way before that even, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, we're, I am seeing the generational turnover within the association, which is exciting to see. And I agree with you hundred percent. We need to make sure we keep that generational, uh, not gap, but the generational, uh, merger going, meaning mm-hmm. you've got to bring in younger people from you. You've got to keep going with the the older people that are in their you know fifties and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. just to keep that FCSI and that association moving forward. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, that's all the formal questions I got for you. But as you know, I don't end on formal questions. We have to have a little bit of fun at the end. Uh, this year in season five, I've gone out and kind of dragged in some of the questions we've used over seasons one through four, some of the best of. So some of these you may have heard, some of them you may not have heard, um, but we'll just jump right into it. And the first one I've got is, would you rather be able to teleport anywhere in the world or be able to read minds? I think teleport. I yeah, agree. I think get to where you need to be. <laughs> I, I think that's a. It's interesting. I talk to people outside of FCSI as well, and it's interesting to hear more people outside of our industry, the FCSI, that is, um, that will that have a harder time choosing this. But FCSI people, I think, because we all travel so much, <laughs> that we know how much travel, how long it takes to travel nowadays. That teleporting just sounds amazing. Like to be able to just teleport wherever you want to go sounds great. And I don't really want to, I don't like my own thoughts a lot of times. So I'm not sure I want to read yours or Eric's here or anybody else's. So (laughs) Um, the next one was, would you rather have all the traffic lights you approach turn green or never have to stand in line again? Never stand in line again. We have one flashing yellow light out here. So (laughs) I'm good out here. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather fight a duck the size of a horse or fight 100 horses the size of a duck? 100 horses the size of a duck. Definitely. Yeah, it seems to me like you could definitely take that one on. The most controversial one, toilet paper, over or under the roll? Over. You got to be over. Okay. You can't have it under. It doesn't work. <laughs> What about when it comes to double dipping, when it comes to, you know, dips or sauce or stuff? Yes or no on double dipping? Within family, yes. Outside of family, no. Good answer. Good answer. Um, Favorite curse word? And we'll bleep it out, but you can say it. (laughs) I'm trying to quit because our youngest have started picking that up now. Um, The (laughs) five-year-old soaks it in. So I'm going to say goodness gracious. (laughs) Okay, good one. Good one. Yes, the the young ones when they're there, it, it makes it life a, a little more difficult when you're at home. <laughs> um, would you rather know all the secrets to outer space or all of the secrets to the ocean? The ocean for sure. We can go catch more fish. Perfect. Would you rather never have to do laundry again or never have to wash dishes again? Laundry. It's just the folding. Can't do it. <laughs> well, you seem to create your folding machine. Yes. <laughs> um, would you rather go backstage with your favorite band or be an extra on your favorite TV show? TV show. It'd be awesome. The Dukes of Hazard sliding across the hood with Bo Good. Duke. Good answer. Good answer. 
Would you rather have a personal housekeeper or a personal chef? Housekeeper. I, I do all the cooking. So, uh, someone okay. to do the laundry and the folding. Well, and you got two young kids, everything else. Housekeeper yeah. sounds pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. They know how to make a mess. Exactly. Would you rather always have an annoying song stuck in your head or have an itch that you can't reach? Annoying song stuck in my head because you got to get to the okay. itch. I agree. And the last one for you. Would you rather give up your cell phone for an entire month or give up bathing for an entire month? Oh, the cell phone. That's the easy one. I wish I could just turn it, it's, <laughs> just turn it off. I agree. Well, before I let you go, Robert, tell everybody how they can find out more information about you and Camacho. Sure. So Camacho is the CamachoUSA.com uh, and myself on LinkedIn or Facebook, Robert Shively. Uh, you can find me there and look at through my background and some family pictures. Well, that wraps up this edition of On Tap presented by FC Side of the Americas. A special thanks to Robert for joining us today on our show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Also, help us out by sharing these episodes in your social media feeds. Until our next episode, cheers. Cheers.